Good day, and this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. And I just want to welcome you today. I know many, whether you have been personally impacted or you know folks who've been impacted by the coronavirus, it's not exactly the most comfortable of times. And it's understandable that there's stress, there's worry, there's fears, there's anxiety. But we have to remember who we put our trust in. And as you've probably heard me say prior, is we've got to be careful of where we spend our time, watching every word that's being said on the news. But in where we can and what we can do is watch what the Lord and listen to what the Lord is saying to us and use this time at home to not stress over bills, even though I know bills are looming and concern is looming. But Take this time to find your solace and find your peace because that is something you are in control of. And if we believe what the word says, and this is what defines us as believers and non-believers, if we believe what the word says, then we have to put our trust in not what we see, not what we're hearing from man, but we have to hold tight to what the word says. And so I want to share um, a topic with you today. And if you want kind of more detail or additional exercises, um, you can definitely you can go on Amazon and order the book I wrote, Christian Warrior Woman, Taking Back Your Faith, Family and Future. But I want to propose, and this is probably going to be in a series, but this is going to be part one, because it's too important for us to miss. And it's called The Fiery Tongue is what today's podcast is about. The one thing I want you to to take today, and you're probably going to want to have a notebook and a pen because there's going to be exercises you're going to need to do um, in this podcast. So you want to have that. And while you're getting that, I'm going to share something key. This pandemic gives you an opportunity as we're home with our families and we're home with our, with away from work, um, many of us, and some um, are not or may have lost their job. It gives us the opportunity to self-reflect, gives us the opportunity to look at what's truly important, what's important for our family, what's important for our future, were, were we just working to pay a bill for a house that was too big anyway. You know, it's a good time for us to look at our priorities. But even more important, we should come out of this pandemic because this will end at some point or we'll transition into something else at some point. Who we truly want to be. What are things in our lives that we have the power of changing? Because if you're like me, this situation really brings to light the control that we think we have in our in our lives and in our plans. All of us have plans to do this, plans to maybe have a home on the water, plans to retire here or to do that, plans for our children. And probably in a lot of cases, we're realizing we don't we're not in control of our future. But to be honest, it's not new. We've never been in control of our future. 
It's always been a future that God knew and that we wanted to pray and to press in. And so, but we normally put all our efforts and our energy and we check all the boxes of what success looks like. But God has brought us back, all of us, not just certain people, not certain genders, but everyone in the world is having to stop, look, and listen. And one of the areas that we need to look at the most if we want to truly change the course of our lives is our tongue. And I'd like you to look at James 3 and to really read through this after I go through this session, because I'm going to give a highlight, but you really want to read that whole chapter, James 3. And we're talking about the fiery tongue. So now I know you got your pen, your paper, you're all set. So I'm going to start with a couple of highlights about James 3 and the tongue. And I have to admit, I really don't care how holy you think you are or how unholy you think you are. This is an area that affects us all, just like this pandemic, from a senior pastor over a large um, congregation to a person who just repented and accepted Christ. We have to gain power over our tongue. Why? Because the word says, when you read chapter 3, that the thing that I find interesting in verse 8, it says, it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Like, wow. You know, when I think of restless evil, I think of the devil. The devil goes to and fro looking to see who he can destroy. So when I think of it, when I think of, when I read that verse, it makes me think that, wow, my tongue, every, when you're at work, when you're home with your husband or your children, do you sometimes just feel like you've got to say something? You've got to respond. I know my hand is raised. And I never thought of it. And, and sometimes you know it's going to bring discord, but you feel like I got to, you know, I got to release this. I've got to say it. I've got to share what I think. Do you feel restless? Do you feel like it's got to come out? We can't possibly be quiet. And I'm not talking about things that are going to change people's lives, but our opinions. When I think of even politics today and I see Christians online, I'm like, could you could you not have gone that far? Could you not have let that you know, when I go to people's web, web pages or on social media and I see things that I don't agree with, it's their page. I don't have to come and drop the hammer on them to show them how wicked and evil that they are. And there are so many different ways that we can share our opinions and our advice without being destructive. So when I think of, of restless evil, full of deadly poison. I stop and I think to myself, do I recall conversations where what I said just made the conversation shut down or maybe it ended relationships? And so think of that. 
When you read that passage, what comes to mind for you personally? Two, in this chapter, it talks about how our tongue curses humans. Well, I'm sure most of you can relate to this and you're thinking of maybe curse words. And you're probably like, well, no, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I don't curse. I don't curse and use foul language. Okay. If you gossip, you're using foul language. If you're jealous of someone that when you see them looking nice or happy, you're like, oh, wish the outside look, wish her inside looked as good as her, how she looked on the outside. Or you make a judgment about her life. Right. You're critical. What, what's really behind when we make comments about other people? Yes, we know that that we're insecure and we've got to tear someone else down to lift ourselves up. But really, you're harboring envy. Selfish ambition. Right. You wish that was you. Maybe it's covetous. You know, maybe you wish you had her husband or or successful children like she has. But gossip, I mean, I caught myself a week ago and the Lord had to tell me I was bursting. Talk about restless um, evil. And I'm, I'll share something with you real quick. And I knew of a young couple that divorced. And when I spoke to the wife, she told me, oh, it's something that it could never be forgiven. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry that, you know, I'll be praying for you guys as a couple. But she looked like she was bursting to tell me how terrible it was. But when she said it was unforgivable, beyond unforgivable, I just accepted it. And so it's been a couple of years now. And so recently, and I don't know if this was the Lord or the enemy, but I I saw these children and they, um, this was an African-American couple And I saw these biracial children in the neighborhood, and for whatever reason, they caught my attention. And I have a neighborhood of 800 or whatever people, so it's not like... But these kids just caught my attention, and I kept thinking, oh, I want to do that little girl's hair or something. And needless to say, the next thing, next day or two, I saw this woman with the children, and this couple's, the husband that got divorced and instantly put two and two together. Oh my gosh. He had multiple children with this woman outside of his marriage to his wife and they had no kids. And now, but he tried to hide and shield it from me. And it was like, I knew, oh my gosh, this is what's unforgivable. And I had shared prior with my husband what I thought that it was. And it was here manifested in front of me. So what did I want to do? I wanted to go gossip to tell him, I told you, I knew I I, I couldn't believe it. I thought that's what it might be. And it was almost like a uh, almost like a, I'll call it, I call it, I don't want to call it selfish ambition, but it was almost like, and I told you so, like, huh, I knew. And in that moment of wanting to share it, I realized it wasn't that I wanted to share a horrible, this must have been for her, but it was 
I had guessed what it was right. I guessed what it was, which I knew in my heart was gossip. And it it was restless because I wanted to so share it. And so I had to catch myself and pray about it and know that, oh, Lord, forgive me, because I felt in that moment, gotcha, that's what this was about. And so I don't know about you, maybe you never gossip. I doubt it. But we have something that we do um, that is not pleasing to God, whether it's our jealousy, whether it's being critical um, or always finding fault. Or if you're a type of person, you can never give a compliment. No one knows you for speaking kindly or telling. I'm really shocked when I tell women how beautiful they look. Oh, that looks that dress makes your shape look really great. They're like shocked that a woman is giving them a compliment because most women look for a man to give them a compliment. And that's a shame that we as women, if I see someone with a great hairdo, wow, that hairstyle looks great. Girl, you're working it. You're rocking it, whatever. We should learn to encourage one another. Because if we're not, we're doing one of these other things, whether it comes out our lips, if it's in our heart and we're thinking it, it's just as bad. Okay? So let's go to three. Three is that when you look in that passage, made in God's likeness. And this one to me is so is, is so special. And I'm also so excited that I'm really trying to stay on, on point of my notes here. Normally, I'll just wind up out there and get distracted. So praise you and thank you, Lord, that I'm staying on track here. Made in God's likeness. What I think is so special about that is the power of our tongue. You know, the Lord made us a little lower than the angels, right? And in in that passage where it's written, made us in his likeness. To me, it's such a special, I'm just going to read it real quick. It's verse 9. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. What is that saying? That when we curse one another, are we really cursing God? Because God made them. You're also being critical of God. I just got that part. That's not even in my notes. That part, the Lord just gave me that when you curse another person, it's like cursing God. This is God's creation. And you're choosing to be greater than God by cursing that person. And not exalting that person who God created. That's outside of that's outside of the box. But the point I want to make, and apologize if you hear my dog in the background barking. But that is, do you ever think when you're cursing someone, wow, I'm cursing God. Ooh, that can't have good ramifications. But the other point that I wanted to make from this is with our tongue, if we're made in God's likeness. When God speaks, he created the earth. 
When God speaks, he created the ocean. When God speaks, he created the fish in the sea. When God speaks, he created every crawling creature on the earth. When God spoke, he created man. So if God made us in his likeness, he also made us and gave us the power in our tongue to create, to invent, to speak something into existence. And that's why we need prayer, because when we speak and we say in the name of our father, when we go forth and we say in the name of our father, I'm going to have a home for my house. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be healed of coronavirus. I'm going to be healed of cancer. I'm going to be healed of MS. I'm going to be healed of diabetes, healed of high blood pressure. That when we speak, we were made in his likeness, made with gifts, made. He created man to dominate the earth. We tamed every animal in the world. He gave us dominion over everything in this earth. And that everything is whatever we come in contact with. So when we say made in God's likeness, has God created and caused blessings? But has God also brought plagues for sin? Has God also, have we seen in the word? So when we think about the power of our tongue, the things, the actions, when we hear about, consider a great forest set on fire by a small spark, that our tongue can set a chain of reaction, something that is all-consuming. Sin is all-consuming, right? That our tongue can change the world for good or for bad. I think in that moment, oh, Lord, should have made us not talk like the, the animals and we would have been in, in good shape. But he gave us that power. He gave us that will. How we use that power and will shows who we truly belong to. This isn't about being perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But how quickly do we repent? How quickly do we turn away when we're about to do something? We're about to to do something that's far from God or take action or we can't walk away from an argument. We can't stop the arguing and the bickering. How do we argue and bicker with our husbands or children all morning long and then get dressed up, put on lipstick and go to church and say, hallelujah. Is that, who's that for? That's for man. Because God already know your ugly ways. So dressed up and sitting in church on Sunday morning and not repentive is not getting you closer to God. You know, I, I probably shared this in the book, but I remember when I was serving in church and I was like, oh, Lord, I'm doing way too many committees. And I was in it was like I was in church every day doing something for and then at one point I was serving in four or five different churches and I was just like, wow. I had to catch myself. And I remember saying, well, I need to step away from this. This church got 5,000 members, 8,000 members. They surely got other people to do this. And I remember the Lord had me walk into the hall of the congregation. And it was 
not on Sunday, and, the, and the, all the seats were there. And the Lord was like, when I had just said, oh, I could back away from this and back away from that, because surely these churches have enough people that they can do this. And the Lord told me, do you see these seats? He said, you know, the majority of people who sit in these seats on Sunday, I have no idea who they are. And it really struck me in that moment that I couldn't stop doing what I was doing. Because the Lord shared with me, because they fill up, (laughs) because they fill up the church on Sunday, and because they rush through one, two, three services of all these people who come, their reason for coming is tradition, their reason for coming, checking a box. But are they coming because they're growing to know God? When the Lord said to me that most of the folks who are here, I don't even know. That was sad. And it convicted me to never say again about what people can do for themselves or what the church is. And so you may see people who you think are greater than you to do work in the body of Christ and think they have more skills, but if their heart is not connected to God, they're just performing. Can you imagine? They're just performing even the words out of their mouth. I've heard people pray like you'd be like, wow, they must have went to college for that because their prayer was so good and so whatever. And then I later heard that their life didn't represent it. Whereas I heard a young child pray for me that didn't have the fancy word and the, and the Jesus, Jesus, and all the little whatever things people might add to sound like they got power. And the young girl just said, and when I saw that she was going to pray, I was like, oh, Lord, I get the child. (laughs) But when that child laid hands on me and prayed, that was more powerful than anything else that I had ever received. And so when we think about made in God's likeness, we have to think about and take responsibility for that power the power we have to bring change. And I want you to think about when this pandemic is over, how you use your words. You know, my husband has always said this, and maybe it's probably why he's my husband, that he's always said, you can't take it back once it's said. And he is, he never says anything ugly, hateful, Because in his mind, I'm more likely to maybe do that than he is. Because what God has put in his heart is, once it's said, it's done. And if you think about that spiritually, once you speak that curse over your children, oh, you're ugly, oh, you'll never amount to anything. Do you really want that to manifest? You're speaking it. We're made in his likeness. When you tell your children you'll never amount to anything or you're just like your dad, disappointing, you are placing, using your tongue as that evil and it's full of the deadly poison and you're spewing that over your children, over your husband, maybe over your siblings, co-workers, 
church workers, whoever. And I want you to grab hold of your tongue. You know, the word says if something offends you, cut it out. Well, I don't want you to cut your tongue out. But I want you to stop yourself from saying it. Just hold yourself. And what could you then say? Right? That passage, the fourth point here in James 3, no human, it makes it clear that no human can tame the tongue. So guess what? No self-help books, no inspirational speakers, no Sunday message is going to bring your tongue in submission until you ask God to do it. Only God can bring that tongue into submission. When you read and think about a huge ship, but it's steered by a very small rudder. That's us. You know, also when I think of the tongue, you know, when it says that it basically consumes and pollutes, it corrupts the whole body. You know, we normally as Christians and believers, we think of sexual sin. Sexual sin corrupts the whole body. We think of people's sexual preferences does all of these horrific things. We think that people in other lifestyles, they're really the true evil. But what does this passage tell us? It's our tongue. It's what we speak about other people. It's our tongue is the most polluted thing in our body. Our tongue pollutes our whole body. Our tongue pollutes the people we love. Our tongue can bring generational cursings. Our tongue is destroying our future, our life, our ambition, our future jobs. Our tongue. Because what comes out of our mouth comes from where? Oh, that heart. It's like the manifestation of what's really inside. We all know the Holy Spirit abides in us, does it? If your tongue is spewing deadly poison consistently, always, and you're not convicted, you might have to wonder who really is inside. But today is day one where you can say, it's time for self-cleaning, self-cleansing, right? Inner cleaning isn't just dealing with our digestive system. We need an inner cleaning of our heart. And so I want to give you a couple of questions. And this is where your book and your pen and paper is. I want you to write the answer to these questions. And I want you to meditate and think about it and pray about it and ask God to bring things to your remembrance also so that you can bring it out. Up and out and expose it before God. Repent before God. Cleanse yourself and start anew. Does that mean the next day you're going to be perfect? No. But if you notice then you're on the right path. When you check yourself, when you have maybe asked someone else to hold you accountable, imagine what could happen to your life just by bringing your tongue in alignment with the word. So question number one, when you read the path, I want you to read through James 3. 
Read it wholly. Pray over it if you need to. If you're like me, the tongue is something that we've got to work on. And we know every person, if you think it's not, then you have a something else you need to pray over and break yourself of pride and say, Lord, reveal and break me down because I've got to be right with you. So the first question is, tongue like fire. When you read that or hear that, how do you imagine what instances or situations can you recall that your tongue was like fire when I blank? I can see, so I'll say it another way, you could relate to your tongue being like fire when you do what? When you've done what? Okay, that's number one. Number two, what relationships has my tongue ruined? This list may be long, but try to think of in the last year. Because if you do your whole life, we could be here a while. And if you can't think of a relationship in the last year, then think of the last three years. But what relationships, trust me, it'll come to mind. Has your tongue destroyed? Number three, what do you gossip or critical about, jealous of, or envy of? That you use your tongue to, um, to talk about. And so list, again, list as many things that comes to your mind. And that's why it's key to pray before you do this listen. Just ask the Lord, Lord, just let it flow. Next question. So if I need to repeat that third one, what do you gossip? Critical about, jealous of, envy of, harbor, selfish ambition about, and you'll list those. Question number four. How is the devil using you through your tongue? Here's time for revelation and honesty. How is the devil using you through your tongue to maybe cause harm at work, cause harm in your family, your marriage, church, friendships? How is the devil using you? Five, what does the restless evil mean to you when you read that? What comes to your mind? about your tongue being a restless evil? Are you quick to get on the phone and call to talk about somebody? Are you just quick to argue and have bitterness with other people? Are you just argumentative or combative? It's your tongue, but it's something else that's going on that triggers you. Do you have to win every argument? Do you have to have control? Next question. For you to be honest, who can tame who can tame the tongue, the tongue? Who really has power over taming your tongue? The passage tells you. But who do you who have you thought has had control over it? And maybe that's something you need to repent of. Which leads to the another question. What should you repent for after you look at this list of stuff, which I'm sure is honest, vast. You're doing this with yourself. You're not doing it to impress me. You're doing this to be honest between you and God. 
Make your top three or four things that you need to repent of for today. Today. Tomorrow, you might have other things on your list to repent for, to continue repenting for this. But what I want to challenge you in this week, during this pandemic, I want you to challenge yourself to bring change to your tongue with God. This is your personal journey of something that can change your whole family's life. For, think of it as one week. For this week, don't allow the enemy to have you engage in being argumentative. Don't allow yourself to gossip. Don't allow yourself to harbor any critical thoughts about someone else. Because what are we supposed to bring? We're supposed to bring capture those evil thoughts and bring them under subjection. We have to remember who we are. Made in God's likeness to me sounds so special. Made in God's likeness. So when I harm a fellow person, when I speak horrible things about someone, that I'm speaking in about God. That when the Lord tells me I'm supposed to love, we're supposed to love one another, even love our enemies, then how is my words representing that? If we want to be a better body of Christ, if we want to be part of being the bride of Christ, we have to not only look the part, but we have to feel and know the part from within our heart. So I want you today to say that my fiery tongue is not going to consume and destroy everything around me, but it's going to build up. It's going to bring the fire of the Holy Spirit to bring healing, to bring love, to bring peace. You know, it's not our job to solve all the world's problems. It's not our job to represent individuals and tell people who's holy from who's not, who's better and who's not. But it is our job to represent the Lord. It is our job to represent love. It is our job to represent peace. It is our job to bring unity. So if you're bringing discord and you're bringing hate and you're bringing combativeness, then you're not representing. And that you are part of the deadly poison. Let's not be restless. Let's not be evil. But let us be filled with the fiery power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that over every person who's hearing this podcast today. I pray that the Lord will use your tongue, use your voice to bring and raise up a generation of women, of men that serve God with their whole heart. And that it's time for us to create a tribe of people that bring light into a dark world that's full of disease and sickness and worry and anxiety, that we are the hope. You know, we pray for God to bring um, hope and healing. And God is saying, I called you to represent the light of heaven. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. God gave us earth.
He gave us dominion over the earth. He let, gave us this kingdom. Let's live it out. Let's live it out with power. Let's live it out in truth. And let's bind up the evil. I pray this over each and every one of you. That God would grant you the peace, grant you a whole heart full of his joy. Enjoy your day. And tomorrow we'll continue this conversation about the fiery tongue.